to another episode of City of Desert. I'm Father David Abernethy, and over these past months we've been reading the Philokalia, in particular a specialized volume uh, entitled Writings on the Prayer of the Heart. And we've been looking at the text in particular of St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem on sobriety and prayer. And we find ourselves now, after a number of months, coming to the final paragraphs of this section. Hezekiah closes his thought by speaking of the, the beauty of this path and the fruit of it for us in the spiritual life and our relationship with God, as well as uh, calling to our attention again uh, some of the uh, attacks of the evil one and how it is that we are to respond to them so that we remain upon this path. We're picking up today uh, with paragraph 194 on page 319, if you're following in the text. Hezekiah begins by writing, Guarding of the mind, practiced with God's help and for the sake of the one God, if it takes firm root in the soul, endows the mind with wisdom and spiritual work in God. It also enables a man with faultless judgment to order his external actions and words according to God. So once the, the mind and the heart have been purified, we... Uh, begin to experience something of the wisdom of God, uh, knowledge of Him, and also uh, discretion, a faultless judgment, he refers to it here, that we are able to discern between goodness and what is evil, and so as to avoid the evil in our lives. Uh, the purer the heart becomes, the greater that vision becomes for us. He continues by saying, the distinctive ornament of the high priest of the Old Testament, a plate of pure gold on the chest with the inscription, Holiness to the Lord, was the image of purity of heart, which incites us to pay attention to the plate of our heart, lest it be blackened by sin, so that if we find it so blackened, we should hasten to cleanse it by tears, repentance, and prayer. Our mind is something light, that is mobile, restrained with difficulty from sinful memories. One can say, however, that it follows with equal ease both good and bad mental fantasies. So our heart is to be kept like gold, and like this gold plate worn by the priest of the Old Testament, uh, purified and if dirtied or blackened because of our sin, to be washed clean through repentance and through the tears that we shed and through a deepening of our, our prayer life. And uh, Hezekiah's notes here for us that the, the mind is mobile, so it's not an easy task, and this is why we have to have constant attention. Our thoughts uh, move equally and easily toward the good or the evil, and so we must be ever attentive in the struggle. In paragraph 196, he writes, Truly blessed is, the, is he who cleaves with his thought to the prayer of Jesus, constantly calling to him in his heart, 
just as air cleaves to our bodies or flame to the candle. The sun passing over the earth produces daylight, the holy and worshipful name of the Lord Jesus constantly shining in the mind produces a measureless number of sun-like thoughts. So the prayer itself carries us along and illuminates the, the mind and the heart and fills the mind with thoughts that are pleasing to God, with good thoughts. And so it not only casts out what is evil, but it helps produce what is good within us. When the clouds disperse, the air appears pure. When passionate fantasies are dispersed by the Son of Truth, Jesus Christ, radiant and star-like thoughts are naturally born in the heart, for Jesus illumines the air of the heart with his light. The wise Solomon says, They that put their trust in him shall understand the truth, and such as being as be faithful in love shall abide with him. And so there is an illumination, a perception of that which is holy and true. Uh, the noose, the eye of the heart purified becomes a, a vehicle of perception, not simply of the things of this world, but more importantly, the things of the kingdom. In 198, he continues by saying, One of the saints said, If you wish to bear malice, bear malice against the demons, and if you wish to be hostile, be always hostile to the body. Flesh is a deceitful friend, and when pampered, rises against you all the more. And bear enmity to the body and wage war against the belly. And so if we are going to make use of our anger, or what we've described in the past as the insensitive power or faculty of the soul, it is to be directed towards our thoughts and also towards the body. If we are going to be harsh and disciplined, it is with these two that we must be so. We must cast out the evil thoughts, but we also must discipline the body and our, our appetites, especially the belly, that we are not to give ourselves over to gluttony, but rather restrain ourselves. He goes on to say, in the preceding text, which constitute the first and the second hundred, we have described the work of the sacred silence of the mind. They are not the result of personal experience alone, but also the teaching of the wise fathers concerning the purity of mind. Now, having added a few words to show the profit of guarding the mind, we shall end our writing. And so it's coming, in coming to his conclusion, he wants to remind us that it isn't only through our personal experience that we gain this understanding and knowledge of purity of heart. It is also through the teaching of the fathers. Uh, it is through their guidance that we are kept from falling into error. And so it is always to them that we must look uh, as well as engaging in our daily discipline. In paragraph 200 he writes, So come follow me to the attainment of the blessed guarding of the mind, whoever you may be, if in a spirit you be one who desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good. And with God's help I shall teach you the visible doing and the life of incorporeal powers. Angels never tire singing praises to the Creator, nor does a mind emulating them in purity ever tire 
of doing the same. As insubstantial angels in heaven care not about food, so those who are substantially insubstantial, men who practice sobriety on earth, have no care of it when they enter into the heaven of silence of mind. And so by entering into this silence of mind or stillness, and by having our thoughts constantly directed towards God but nourished uh, upon his word, uh, our thoughts aren't upon the things of this world or overly concerned about the, the needs of the body or for food, that God, as it were, begins to nourish us in, in every way. In 201, he writes, a higher powers, as higher powers care not about riches and possessions, so those who have purified the eye of their soul and acquired the habit of virtue, sobriety, care not about the malice of evil spirits. And as the former are distinguished by the wealth of their achievement and the perfection in God, so the latter are distinguished by their desire and love of God and their striving and ascent towards the divine. Filled with ecstasy at the taste of divine love, they press upwards with insatiable desire, mounting the steps of spiritual perfection, do not halt until they become akin to cherubims, nor do they rest from sobriety of mind, but ascend full of keen desire until they become angels in Christ Jesus our Lord. So again, here in the Fathers and in Hezekiah, we find uh, the importance of desire in the spiritual life, that dispassion, uh, the ordering and of the passions in our life and the uh, restraint of, of our thoughts does not steal from us uh, desire and must not. The desire reveals to us our incompleteness without God. And so the more that one grows in purity of heart, the more intense that desire for God will become and the more that one will rise upwards uh, in their spiritual ascent until they become, Hezekiah tells us, like angels in Christ Jesus, uh, those who are constantly praising God in their minds and hearts. He writes, No poison is more deadly than the venom of a viper and a basilisk, and no evil worse than the evil of self-love. The offspring of self-love, those flying snakes, are these, self-praise in the heart, self-pandering, excesses of the belly, lust, vanity, envy, and the height of all evil, pride, which cast down from heaven not only men but also angels, and instead of light covers them with darkness. And so even as we are making great strides in the pursuit of the path that the fathers put before us, we must be ever aware of these evil spirits that then give rise to the uh, evil thoughts within us and then ultimately pull us down uh, with the vice of pride. This is written to you, Theodolus, that is the one to whom Hezekiah originally wrote, by him who is silent in name, that is Hezekiah. This is what Hezekiah's name means. It's taken from Hezekiah, which means stillness though not silent indeed. Maybe I have not said everything relating to our subject, 
but I've put down all that was given me by God, the Father, the Son, and Holy Ghost, praised and glorified above all creatures with reason, by angels and men, and by every creature created by the ineffable Trinity, the indivisible God. May we be granted his radiant kingdom by the prayers of the Holy Mother of God and of our blessed fathers. To him, God exceeding all comprehension, eternal glory, amen. And so a final doxology here for us as we close out the reading of Hezekiah's acknowledging our faith in the Holy Trinity, uh, but also calling for the intercession of the Holy Mother of God to aid us in the battle. Uh, once again, I, I thank you for joining us in this journey as we've looked through the writings of St. Hezekiah of Jerusalem. Uh, in the weeks and the months of com to come, we'll continue uh, to, to look at the writings of, of the Father. Uh, until then, I, I look forward to seeing you soon. Mm-hmm.